Hello everyone, my name is Dylan Holiday, but everyone just calls me Big Quincy, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We have... That's odd. One moment. <clears throat> we have... My special co-host for this week, and for a couple weeks to come, I believe, correct, Kristen? Yes. We have Kristen <laughs> Lee with us. We also, Hi, everyone. Oh, thank you, Kristen. We, we also, uh, see, I'm not used to the co-hosts ever saying anything. Normally, normally everyone just sits there and lets you introduce everybody, not Kristen. She's right in there. And we have a great <laughs> guest this week. We have Mr. Sean Austin. Say hello, Sean. Sure, sure, oh, sure. He's, he's on mute. <laughs> Sean, you can, un you can unmute your mic if you're, if you're on mute, buddy. <laughs> yep. Oh, there we go. Great. How's everybody doing? <laughs> um... We are all doing great. So, Sean, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you came into the paranormal world and just some very basic things just to get the show rolling? Sure, sure. Um, well, it started out, I'd say, um, well, my first passion that um, came into my life was being a musician and a singer and writing music uh, for quite a few years since I was a teenager. And, uh, yeah, I'd say the paranormal life kind of hit me like a meteor <laughs> out of the sky, I mean, which I, I think a lot of people experience a trigger in their life, something that just um, happens to them and they just question it and want to research and search about it and find out about it or just have unexplained things happening around them. And for me, I'd always watched, um, you know, paranormal documentaries just like a lot of people would and really believed in the genuinity of some of the experiences that people would go through on the show, uh, all the different shows that I would watch. And, um, you know, I had a friend who was huge skeptic and uh you know i think if he levitated off the floor he'd probably send himself to the hospital rather than thinking <laughs> something paranormal <laughs> um he's that skeptical um i decided one night to take him to a local cemetery that had a lore of three women in white that would you know run you out of the the, the cemetery and um in the process while we were there that night I remember I was walking around. It was right before smartphones came out. I had a little flip phone. I remember I, was, I recorded audio with it, and I was asked a couple of questions. And I remember being in front of this little girl's grave, and her name was Jenny. I think she was like something like eight years old or something like that. And um, you know, these days they have pictures of you know of the, the deceased on their graves, which is nice because it gives a little characterization to the um, you know the people that actually when they lived. Um, but I remember asking if Jenny was still here and I thought I heard something like with my own ear, but I wasn't sure and I was recording, walking around, my friends laughing the entire time. Not until the next night I decided to just listen back in the recording. And I mean, hey, I, I was completely shocked to know that a little girl's voice responded back to me. And it's just like that defining moment, full chills, and I'm just like, Wow, this is crazy like and then i started going over some of the other recordings and then getting like uh someone responding uh in the word muerto which means death in spanish and all this stuff and i'm just from then on i wanted to go out and search and find out more answers by experimenting with evps and going to graveyards and stuff like that and i had a friend that would go out with me actually two weeks after i had that first experience i was in my old apartment it was already light out and i opened up my eyes and I actually saw the shadow of a little girl in the corner of my bed, and I screamed out and put my arms up in the air like, what the frig? And it disappeared. Oh. And, um, you know, I, I, I do believe that I had dormant spiritual abilities in with me the entire time, but once I started to gauge the spiritual realm and be so open to it, I attracted so much to me. 
um, things started to happen to me with all my experiences. They just kind of happened so quickly with dreams and premonitions and feeling, hearing and seeing things. Um, and uh, here I am 10 years later with all these experiences. I just published my first book like last summer. I'm working on my second one. Um, and I think it's so important and I'm humbled to have all these experiences and be able to help souls and people in the process. Now, God, you know, you're the you're the ideal guest because you just answered the first three questions without me having to ask <laughs> one. Um, you know, you brought up importance and that leads me to this question, though. So what do you think are the most important lessons you've learned and, and why? Um. Are you are you saying like as a paranormal investigator, like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what important lessons have you learned as a paranormal investigator? Absolutely. Well, I always try to tell anybody if you decide to get involved with the paranormal, um, it's very important to be informed of the situations that you can run into. What happens is it is exciting. People like to go experience these things because it literally brings like a science fiction horror movie to life because you realize that this stuff is real. And then you go out and have these amazing experiences that a lot of people only wonder about in their entire lifetime. And what happens is a little ignorance can come with that. And you'll treat it like you're going to, you know, Disneyland, like it's an amusement park. But these things are delicate and it's a, it's a delicate, um, you know, deciding factor and path to get yourself involved with. And I always tell people that you should read up on some books that can kind of formulate and mold um, kind of like your you know, your whole system of belief when it comes to this whole thing. And it's really important to have a strong faith foundation because, you know, when you're dealing with spiritual energies, you're also going to deal with dark energies and, and the things that can happen on that retrospect. And learning about the worst case scenarios is actually going to help you, um, prevent you from kind of running into some of the, uh, dark situations that can happen to you, like oppression, um, and all sorts of chaos that can happen around you when, you know, dark things are invited into your life for whatever the reason or whatever actions that you have to, you know, end up, um, be involved with. Um, you know, I, I learned my lesson too. I, <laughs> there was a couple of bumps in the road, but I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a path that kind of is like a calling really, but I think it's really important that people, will learn and read up on stuff. And I, I was reading books. I mean, the first book that I read was The Demonologist, Ed Lorraine Warren, and then John Zaffis's book, Shadows of the Dark, um, you know, Ralph's book, uh, Ralph Sarchi's book, which was uh, Boy of the Night, ended up becoming Delivers the From Evil, the movie. And um, there was another book, um, The Dark Sacrament. I was reading about the craziest demonic evil stuff because... First of all, like the dark stuff, it, it's um, it's like the taboo corner of the paranormal. It's the most extreme cases of activity that happen. It's fascinating, but it's 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 also dangerous um, to be involved with that stuff. And uh, I've had experiences from the beginning of again that calling that that pull to my soul that I'm supposed to be involved with this sort of thing. Um, that's why I read up on it. But again, I think it's really important that people do read up on every single thing that they can to formulate for themselves and protect themselves to find what's going to um, keep themselves protected in every single way possible. Now, you brought up being spiritually grounded. You also brought up keeping yourself protected. How does one stay spiritually grounded and protect themselves? Well, I mean, me as an individual, I was brought up Catholic. And when I started to experience this stuff, I brought some of that religious significance into my paranormal investigating and I witnessed how it was protecting me and I had proof of it. So what that actually did was 
actually feed um, an unchartable level of um, the difference between believing in God and knowing God exists. Because I've experienced, um, you know, an angel being around me. Um, I've seen things, be, you know, react negatively to things of religious significance. And having that proof is brought my faith to, uh, you know, a level where you, it's just, <laughs> it's not like you're just going to church and wondering about God and, and you know, thinking about it and just having faith in it. I, I, I look at it as a humbling, um, you know, advantage, but it's also for me individually with my path, it's very important because of the things I deal with when you're in a spiritual path and dealing with the paranormal, um, overall. Um, so for me, my faith is very important. Um, it's what's protects me. And I would suggest again, just like before saying, having a strong faith foundation is very key and making sure that you're protected when you do all these things. Cause we, you know, as an investigator, you do take risks. We go to these places, we search for things and, uh, you know, there's what I like to call spiritual rules of engagement, um, where it's kind of like, you know, these things can't interact with your life unless you actually, you know, walk into these situations and places where the, um, the veil has been lifted and these permissions are kind of invisible to us, but we can, these things can latch onto us with things that we can only speculate about. And that's where that delicate nature comes from. And it's very important to know how they can attack you, not just from a physical standpoint, but from psychological um, standpoint. And that's where the real delicate nature comes in is learning about that because you're talking about things that can literally mess with your mind in the shadows. Um, and you might think that they're actually your thoughts or your emotions. And that again, comes back to why it's very important to read up on things, um, to know every single scenario of things that can happen to you in a negative uh, connotation. So what you're saying is, is basically anytime you go into a, a paranormal investigation, you should humble yourself, you know, am I correct in stating that? Yeah. I mean, humbled and most importantly, um, it's having true intent, genuine intent. Uh, intent is such a key element when it comes to dealing with the paranormal because spirits can actually, what I believe is that spirits actually look at you and they know what your aura is. They can see it around you and they know what that aura stands for. What is your personality and your consciousness of energy? What what color is that emanating to them? And they know what that means. And they know if you have the genuine intent or respect to them when you walk into a property or if you want to just poke them and make them do a backflip like they're a zoo animal and say, that's great and take off. I mean, these souls that are trapped there, they're purgatorial states, uh, uh, you know, spirits, and they're stuck there for whatever the reason. They haven't been able to let go of their death. They want justice for their death or they're lost in their head. They don't even know they're dead. And uh, I think having that willingness to try and help any of these souls when we go to these places to have these amazing experiences that we should be humbled about, um, that key element I think is really important. And the way I approach that now, I get so much reciprocation from spirits in general um, wanting help and stuff like that because I have that attitude. And I think it's really important to treat them because they were all human beings, these ghosts, just like we were, what well, we are right now currently still in the physical plane. And I think that's important to realize that. Now – this is kind of a hard question, and you may not have an answer for this, and if you don't, that's okay. Um, what makes you different? Why are these spirits so willing to reach out to you for help as opposed to anyone else? Well, I mean, there's a lot of other people that have abilities like me. I mean, I think spirits actually gravitate towards people who are sensitive to the spiritual realm. Again, I come back to the aura thing. 
this is why spirits gravitate towards children because children contaminated by the rational thoughts we hammer into their impressionable minds and the spirits know they can um, take advantage of that even if they don't have ill intent spirits get energy from acknowledgement and 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 children are very uh, sensitive to them so that's why they will go to them to try to get their message across to them but it also um, associates with people like myself or Kristen who are um, sensitive. They see it around your aura. They know that you're spiritually awakened and they know that they have a better chance to get their message to you or try to attack you or get a message to you um, a lot easier than your average person. So to shift gears a little bit, uh, I want to ask you what's your take on demonology? As in what exactly? Just... um. Oh, this is, I guess this is difficult. Uh, Kristen, could you help me out with how to word this? Yes, just one moment. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is why I love Kristen. I, I guess, um... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes, I had to get Gigi. She was barking. What What did you say? Um, oh, God, I'm surprised you could hear me. Um, I asked what his take on demonology was, and he asked me in what way, and I can't think of another way to word that question. Um, I mean, like, with defining it, you mean? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, like I've been saying, like, from the beginning, I, I, I was a paranormal investigator. I, I still consider myself an investigator, and I've had a calling. I, I do believe that people who are demonologists have a calling um, individually to be specifically involved with helping people of that um, specific type of entity, which we call demons or fallen angels. And uh, demonology is is this the study and knowledge of demonic entities and how they attack people and how to rid people of them, whether it's uh, you know an individual's uh, oppression, possession, or haunting or infestation that's going on in a property or location. Um, you know, I'd, I like to call myself decently informed. <laughs> I mean, through experience, and that's why like I, I've read a lot about all these types of things that can happen and for my own first individual um, firsthand experiences. Um, but demonology, it's a very fascinating thing, but it's, it's a very delicate, um, you know, dangerous thing to get involved with too if you don't know what you're doing exactly. Sean, have you ever had to do a minor rite within a home? Well, yeah, we've, I've done the exorcisms with Ralph and now I'm doing them myself. Um, we did basically what we do is we, we find evidence of a demonic haunting in the house. We will do an exorcism in the house with exorcism prayer, burning of frankincense and myrrh, blessed salt, um, and holy water in all the corners, um, of the property. And we'll seal it with, um, blessed St. Benedict medals in the four corners of the property. Um, that's typically what it would involve. So without like, you know, talking about personal things of cases or even mentioning names like what was the most like oh my gosh moment when you had to deal with a case like that like what really made you step back and be like oh my goodness this is this is a big deal this is something that is very dangerous and did you question your your will did you you know how we sometimes get involved and become overly emotional and that that could take us down I mean, those kinds of emotions and feelings when we're in that realm can definitely bring us to our knees, so to speak, metaphorically, but even physically it could, to be honest with you. Was there right. any time that you felt 
wow, my gosh, this is this is something very dangerous. And I've really got to screw my head on tight here. And I have to really consciously think how we're going to do this. Right. Uh, well, it's funny. Um, well, actually, I'd say like there's a couple examples like when we did the show, The Demon Files, because that was all new to me. I, I was just doing some cases with Ralph before we did the show. And, you know, so I was just learning about it, how he goes about doing that. And, um, you know, when we did uh, two of the cases out of the TV show that actually were legit, um, it was really intense. Um, I'll never forget the one, the Tennessee case. I mean, I remember um, before we, uh, you know, went out to the property to film for that episode, I was telling the group I kept on seeing a, like a cat-like creature. Uh, like I, I kept on seeing a cat. I'm like, I don't know what it is. Like it was like a cheetah or something like that. And I was telling them. And then when we got to the property, and then um, the daughter who we didn't show on the um, the TV show because um, she was too young and so forth. Um, but she had this little statue, and she called this this thing had a name, and she said that it's like a cat like creature that would float above her, and she thought it was protecting her. Um, and, uh, so we went about that, the whole investigation and lots of evidence of what was going on there. And I'll never forget it. It was the night after we performed the exorcism on the property. I, uh, I had a dream that the mother of the family was there and the daughter was there and she was tied up. And it's interesting because part of the history in that house where some people were actually tied up. And the mother was looking away from me and all of a sudden she turned her head towards me and she just had complete black holes as eyes. And she just screams in the name of God. And then I woke up and had, had the chills and it was like three o'clock in the morning, of course. Yeah. Of Christ. Yeah. And, uh, it's really creepy is that the next day I spoke to some psychic friend of mine who has abilities and she's like, you know, I had this vision last night that this cat like thing was floating over your bed. And I'm just like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so then was the cat actually, was that um, tangible thing the little girl had, was it a haunted object or was it actually protecting her? I think it was making her think that it was protecting her. There's, uh, there was, there's so much death and things that happened on that property, uh -huh. um, but I'm not sure if there was something that had a predisposition of permission around the girl because of her history as a child too that probably when she by the time she moved and you know she's a uh the girl was adopted for the family and by the time they moved in she moved into that house it might have been the perfect scenario um for it to continue its um you know actions Bidding. onto her yeah um but um yeah i you know <laughs> there's a couple of moments like that things like that where i was just like wow, you know, these, this is really intense. I, I've had moments where I'm like, you know, wow, what the heck did I get myself involved in? Mm -hmm. It's like that, it's like that matrix moment. It's like, do you want the blue pill or the red pill? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because now my world is like fucking, oops, oops sorry. <laughs> weird. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. You are oh, okay. allowed. Um, yeah, I know. I have a, I punctuate my sentences with curses sometimes. I can't help it. All of us do. <laughs> Just yeah. as long as our moms don't hear us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I've definitely had moments where I felt overwhelmed. But uh, yeah, I experience something paranormal every single day of my life now. Um, but I accept it. 
Um, but yes, I definitely had moments where I felt over a little overwhelmed. Um, and, uh, but I, I accept it. I accept every experience as a learning experience. I know that God's letting me hap- let it happen to me for and a reason. So if you can have a deeper understanding of it, you'll be able to take on every obstacle um, with a stride and try to situate yourself to learn from it and turn something dark and into something light for yourself and others in the process. You know, you've talked a lot about God and spirituality and faith. Was there ever a time where your faith was questioned or when you when you questioned your faith? Or has that never come into the question for you? Um, I mean, you know, I be trying to being a musician. Like I, obviously, I had I had some family issues. My my father, like people embezzled money, and my father, like, because my father's too nice, and um, I was fortunate. We had a beach house out in Long Island, like by the ocean. Um, it was the best times of my life and we lost everything. And, uh, you know, I was struggling, you know, my mom moved to Florida. We lost the houses that we had and, you know, it was really rough time for my family. And, um, I was trying to pursue a music career and people were taking advantage of me. I spent thousands of dollars left and right and people just throwing shit at the wall, hoping it sticks. And I just get screwed every damn time. Um, there's definitely moments in my life where I just, you know, wondering, what the heck's going to happen? Because every day I was waking up, I felt like I was walking around in a minefield waiting for the next bomb to go off. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess some, in some of those times you just don't even know what to do. Um, but now me as a spiritual person, um, a true, genuine spiritual person, I have a completely different outlook on life. And it, I'm a true, firm believer in the law of attraction and having an attitude and knowing that your mindset is a magnet to mm-hmm. the universe and you create things that come to you and paths open and close in a in a realm that we can't even see with our own eyes and that's where faith comes in because it's not just about having belief in God's you know path for us what God wants us to accomplish in our life we have to believe in ourselves because if we don't believe in ourselves we're not we can't use God as a crutch he doesn't want us to use God as a you know a crutch we have to be able to accomplish things but use him as guidance and protection along the way but we have to take risks in our life so we can actually progress as our soul and bring a brighterness to our soul mm-hmm. which is the ultimate idealistically th- uh, ideal ideal thing for our, our, us as a soul so we can be more like god and that that's i think that's the ultimate goal for our souls because we all are children of god to be more like god and god's full of unconditional love and forgiveness and obviously uh no one's perfect on on planet right now <laughs> right right you know, but you're, oh, you've ahead. you've you've become so positive, Sean. I mean, you are just such a positive force, and you try to bring it every day. I've noticed that about you. Even when there's negative times, you try to you flip the script and show someone the positive parts of things. And I think that's why I I, I love you so much. I truly do. You're just that positive force, and they'll never stop being that ever. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, and I think that's what we all should be doing. It's it's hard to do. It's hard to stay positive. We all have our moments where yes. we ride that dark wave until we crash and burn. We don't want to hear that we're thinking wrong or doing wrong, and we just want to be angry. Um, but I think it's like a way of thinking. It's like nipping in a bud, catching yourself before it becomes, you know, too much for yourself, where you lose out, and um, you know, on relationships or you know something in your life, a missed opportunity, and uh, you know, it's like uh, going to the gym. 
You're going to the gym three to five days a week for like two months. You do that for two months and then you stop going. You feel guilty not going because you started to feel the benefits of going to the gym. You start seeing a difference. And if you do that with your way of thinking and be, make it a routine for yourself, you'll be able to um, you know, endure some of the situations that in the past may have you know, push you, pushed you over the edge when now you can kind of like grab it and stop it and halt it before it becomes this big explosion right in your face. Right, right, yeah. Now, to talk a little bit about, you know, who you've worked with and what you've worked with, um, have you ever worked with any psychologists to maybe administer, like, a psych evaluation just just to test validity of some of these cases? Um, Not me personally. Now, a psychologist would be probably really important to have in case someone's going through the symptoms of possession so you can eliminate all the rational, um, you know, possibilities that's going on with the person before you assign it as you know, a demonic entity or something that's inhabiting a physical body of a person or an individual. Um, but me, no, not personally. We almost had psychologists on the show, but we had a lot of people on the show as it was. Um, that was something Ralph was looking into. Um, but I've never experienced that. I've conversed with some psychologists that are involved in that stuff um, and helping exorcists, which is a really interesting um, thing as well. Because I, I when I first started investigating like a year or two, I started to do my own podcast and I was bringing guests on and it was great because I was learning about other people's story. I think it's great because we can all synergistically learn from each other so we can help others that like we compare stories and experiences. Mm-hmm. It's just like we're, we're, you know, reading each other's books. Um, and that's what we should be doing constantly. Um, but no, I, I've never worked with a psychologist specifically for that. But I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm just coming into being like somewhat of a demonologist. I feel weird saying that, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, obviously, as I get more experienced in that field, um, I'm sure that that you know it's a better 